Welcome to How Did You Get Here podcast, the podcast that finds out exactly how successful and inspirational people got to where they are today. And don't forget to like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with our latest content. Now, don't we have an absolute treat for you today? Um, I'm sure you've all heard of the amazing TV show, The Apprentice, and we have 2017 winner, um, Apprentice winner, James White. So, Welcome to the show. Lovely to meet you, James. Lovely to meet you too. And uh, I know we've been trying to get this fun done for a while, Christmas and all that. You've been on holiday for, you know, best part of a month. So uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, it's finally happening. So I'm excited to be here. And, uh, you know, thanks for sort of bringing me down as well. Pleasure, pleasure. Um, now, obviously, um, before we get into the obvious questions of The Apprentice, first of all, I kind of wanted to find out a little bit more about where your drive started from in terms of wanting to be an entrepreneur did it start from a really young age and and where did that how where did it go from there mm, yeah um it did start from a young age um so i my dad uh was actually a businessman himself um back when he was in his 20s 30s he was very successful um his kind of previous life um was, you know, he had a 10-bedroom house, he had everything. So my, I've got three older siblings, and they all grew up with that lifestyle. Yeah. He then got divorced, met my mum, and at the same time, his business went completely under. So although I didn't have that lifestyle, I grew up with a dad who had that, so I know of what it's like to be business-minded. Um, so I grew up in Scotland, actually, and uh, I was there until I was 12. Only a very humble upbringing, really. We lived in a kind of just a council house in, in Irvine. And anyone that knows Irvine in Scotland, is, it's not the nicest of places. It's literally a concrete council estate. <laughs> um, so I grew up there. And I think that even though my dad never bounced back in terms of the business side of things, I always kind of had that motivation and drive from him to kind of aspire to be um, the best version of myself. Yeah. So, you know, that, you know, my first probably business venture was when I was 12. And, uh, you know, I like, like a lot of people, I set up a car washing business yeah. in uh, my local village that I lived in. I'd moved to England at this point in Essex. So I set up a car washing business. And uh, within about a couple of months, I had two of my mates working with me. And we were servicing, you know, 20, 30 cars on a weekend. And we were earning pretty good money for 12 year old lads. Um, That's amazing. And then I actually, saved that money and then I used to go to Turkey every year with my, with my mom and dad and uh, when I was in Turkey I, I paid to have so I used some of my money to pay to take an extra suitcase that was empty and when I went over there anyone that knows Turkey it's home of like the snides the fakes right yeah. <laughs> so I basically I had loads of mates so I'd fill my suitcase up with tracksuits t-shirts whatever I could get in and then I'd come back I'd take this bit like a Del Boy really. I took it around the local parks and schools and I was like <laughs> opening my case selling t-shirts and all this kind of so that was I was only 13 at the time um and I'd done that literally every year for four years. And that was saved up my money from a car wash and then done that. And then I kind of quadrupled my money from the car wash. Um, but yeah, so I, I kind of always, from a young age, was very much more interested in, you know, I was always quite academic at school as well, but I was much more interested in the kind of outside of school, how I could, you know, earn myself some extra money than I was probably from the school system. Yeah. Mm. Wow. That is... Um that's a lot of drive to have at such a young age. Yeah, I, but I just felt normal. I just felt like it was, it, I just enjoyed doing it. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like something that was forced. Um, I just, you know, getting up on the weekends and doing that. And then, you know, I'd clock off my car wash at about three o'clock. And then I'd go down Riley's, the local snooker bar and play some <laughs> snooker. <laughs> Hustle a few people. And then... Whereabouts did you live in, in Essex? So in Essex, I grew up in, so sort of my teenage years was in Colchester. Okay. Um, but there was a little village outside of Colchester. Um, just actually by Essex University, it was on the other side of the village, yeah. and it was just a beautiful place to live. To be honest, quite picturesque, um, much different to where I was in Scotland. Yeah, and yes, I was there for until I went to university. So I was there for about six or seven years. Oh, okay. But the funniest thing is, when I was twelve, I had a full Scottish accent, and then mm. I only lived in England. Uh, sorry, I only lived in Essex until I was eighteen, so six years. Yeah. But those six years stuck with me more than any other place. I mean, I've been in Birmingham now for thirteen years, and my accent is probably still much more southern than it is from either Scotland or the Midlands. Yeah, I recognise mm. the Essex accent straight yeah. away because yeah. I lived there for a while. Oh, nice. Whereabouts? Um, Loughton. 
Oh, I know, yeah, Loughton yeah, and Chigwell and... Faces, yeah, yeah, that's where Lord Sugar's office is, is in Loughton. Ah, okay. Yeah, so... Is that in the old Media 10 building? Uh, it's... I don't know what the old building is, but it's called Amshold, the building. It's literally got a big sign that says AMS Hold, and it's, uh, it's, it's Loughton. It's like, yeah. it's just on, there's like a crossroads with traffic lights. It's basically Near the, It's on the high street. On the, the high, street. high street. Yeah, exactly. Where New Bar used to be, yeah. just above yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know what yeah. that is. So, yeah, that's his main office. <laughs> no um, way. So, quick there. question. How well, many times did you get told off in that building? Oh, many. Every, I'm sure we'll get onto that in a minute. Every month. Every, <laughs> every month. You know, I'm not going to be around the bush. Most, most months. Sometimes two times a month. Fantastic. <laughs> and I get a call, you know, on a Tuesday, James, you need to come down now. Right. Okay. <laughs> and it's a long drive to ponder your thoughts. <laughs> and the licky wounds yeah. on the way back up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that brings us nicely on to, obviously, The Apprentice. So, um, obviously, The Apprentice is airing at the moment. Yeah. Uh, are you watching it? No. No. I've not seen it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've spoke to a few of the contestants, but yeah. to be honest, I've been away for the last two... It's usually on in uh, September, October. Yeah. And January is, for probably most businesses, straight after Christmas, is a busy period. So the first part of January, I was extremely busy. And then the last part of January, I took two weeks, I was away. And I've just... I think we're on... Is it week five or six now, is it? Or... Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. So I've, I've, to be fair, I've seen sort of memes popping around. I saw something about penguins in the Arctic, and you know, and there was a spelling mistake as well as there's no penguins in the Arctic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, have you been watching it? Um, I've seen bits and pieces of it. Yeah, yeah. It's not my thing. No, no. So no. Do you know what? I've, since I've been on it, I've almost stopped watching it. Um, Obviously, it was a great show. You know, I, I used to love it before before I went on it. But I feel like once you've been on it, it kind of loses just a little bit of that magic after because mm-hmm. I kind of know everything. Yeah, and I just yeah, I just I've just stopped watching it. I don't I don't really know why. I just it was a, I didn't sort of say to myself, right, I'm never watching it again. I just yeah. naturally just it's a, like I've just stopped watching it. I guess now what they, now you've seen behind the curtain. Yeah, you know how it works and yeah, it's like. You know, give you an example. This, the one I just, the reference of what I just said, the Arctic saviour. Um, they spelt Arctic wrong, didn't they? They put mm. Arctic rather than Arctic. Yeah. Now, in any normal situation, it would never happen because you have a Google, you have spelling mistakes, you know, you have, you know, you check everything. Yeah. But in that, you don't have that. Right. So it's quite, quite. It's an easy mistake to make, to be honest. Under pressure, yeah. Arctic, Arctic. Yeah. I mean, they spelled saviour right, which is if in that's the word that you probably get wrong. Isn't yeah, it? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So you know, at least you got the American spelling, our spelling, yeah. and it's just IOUs. It's always a confusing one, right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, they haven't I haven't caught up with it much this season. Yeah. Do you think it's just one of those things where you've com- it's. It's what you've grown past that now. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not. It's not even. I want to put myself as you know. You're kind of like you're further than that. But it's just more. I think because I just know how they articulate the whole situation, um, and it's not scripted. It isn't scripted, but it's heavily controlled. Right. So that's where you know things go wrong yeah but it's not they don't, there's no there's no script in it whatsoever okay I mean because I've seen loads of press stories recently saying it's scripted or like these proof it's scripted it's really not scripted yeah but it is controlled like you you know you get given a dossier of rules right and you follow the rules basically so you know and you know give another example you see people go into a shop the film crew are obviously already in the shop yeah. So they have to go in, ask permission to go in that shot. So it's all that kind of, you know, stop-starting situation. So it doesn't seem... But they, when it runs on TV, it's like it's just happy you run from shop to shop to yeah. shop. I mean, that's 10 hours. Four shops. <laughs> Your time's up. So, like, obviously, there's this whole thing in the show where they wake, wake you up at 5am and you've got 20 minutes to get ready. Yeah. Does that really happen? I thought it was 4 a.m., but... Well, 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah. It felt like it. Um, it. Is that what it is? Do you know what happens? So you get a phone call and they say the cars will be outside in 20 minutes or half an hour. That's absolutely true. Okay. Uh, so the cars are outside. You're not necessarily in the cars in 20 minutes, but it is a very hectic morning. I think, like... So what happens is you basically wake up, but a lot of the girls are preempted. They've kind of got up, done their hair and makeup, gone back to bed. Right. So that when they wake up, they've basically just got to get dressed. Yeah. Um, 
and then so that's the and then when you get dressed you go downstairs you then get mic'd up because obviously everyone's wearing a mic they have to feed you so they've got some caterers come in with bacon butties and right. sausage butties and Happy whatever days. else they porridge you know for the uh, the vegans yeah, <laughs> yeah vegan porridge <laughs> um but yeah, so there's, there is, it is tight. I mean, you probably from five o'clock, you're probably out about 5.40. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and so what's the most difficult part of the process, do you think? Um, I feel like it differs from person to person. I think like most people would say probably just being away from all their comforts, like home, friends, family. Yeah. I mean, I loved that part, to be honest. It was great. <laughs> Put me away again. <laughs> 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 it was literally like tranquil in the evenings. It's so nice. Uh, no phones, so no one get in contact. I just remember just sort of most nights I would just sit in my room and I had one of the best beds because I had a big, huge window and like I was just literally gazing out the window most evenings. And I never do that because I'm always so busy. Yeah. But I think um, the house can get, especially at the start, because although you live in a mansion, a mansion with 25 people in it isn't a mansion. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, you know. Imagine. It's literally like, you know, you're sharing a flat with four people with one bedroom. Wow. Um, so it gets quite heated at times. And I think a lot of people found it quite difficult to snap out of the kind of tension from the, uh, like the, uh, I'm going to say the episode, but the task, yeah? Yeah. The tension from the task to then actually just being back to normal in the house. Because, you know, it's, 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 it's one of the things where if someone... Um, it's taking the emotion back. Whereas for, with me, I'm quite, okay, that was business, no emotion. With When you get back, it's, you know, you've just, it's just business. Yeah, of course. Um, but I think a lot of people, there was a few arguments back in the house and all mm. this kind of stuff, but that's probably what people struggle with and just the home. A lot of people had children, you know, being away from yeah. their kids. I, I, I didn't, I had, I had a dog, a beagle, but he runs me right. So again, it, was, <laughs> it was a nice break. It was a nice break. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's probably the difficult things. Yeah. So you spent all this time in a house with all these people. Was it quite soon on when you realised that I've got to watch out for this person, they're, they're really good? Did you, did you get a lie of the land really soon or did it take yeah, a while? I, um, I'm just trying to remember really. I think that I knew who was good. Uh, I knew like, so I was obviously a joint winner with Sarah. I, Sarah was just so level-headed, mature, lovely, um, just newer stuff as well I knew she was a strong candidate there was a couple of other people I thought were strong candidates as well but I think the other candidates quickly realised as well who the strong candidates are and I never really got too much fuss like um, I think I kind of I remember when I was in the boardroom with Lord Sugar he, he most weeks would come to me and say ask me personally what I thought about the task because I'd always just give a straight answer yeah. I'd never be one to sort of scream or shout or you know throw someone under the bus for the sake of it if something's gone wrong hold your hands up um, so I kind of I feel like people put my me on a sort of high pedestal quite quickly as well. Yeah. And that was kind of seen, you know, I kind of was all, I think I was picked as sub-team leader, like seven of the 10 tasks. Wow, so, okay. And two yeah. of the other ones, I was PM. So I think I only got one <laughs> week off. I didn't get much break or respite, to be honest. But the problem is when you're sub-team leader, if you lose, they're the ones that you should get gone. Yeah. So, um but yeah, that's uh, that's what I'd probably say for that. Well, it's quite an achievement to last that long when you've got that much pressure being put on you every single time. Yeah. it's so pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it is a pressure cooker, but, mm. you know, I feel like you know what you're getting yourself in for. Yeah. Um, but actually, you don't. You feel like you're going in for it. You don't... <laughs> you know what you're getting yourself in for a business show, but it's you don't prepare yourself for how it is to film a business show. Mm-hmm. So the camera crew like the stop and the starting, the interviewing. Like I remember on one week, well, I just knew we'd lost the task. And they were, they were, and they were asking me questions um, after, like at the end of the task because they wanted to get my view, which they're going to use this. And I said, like, look, I know we've lost the task. And they're like, no, but what if you... I said, like, I, I know we've lost the task. So yeah. you're asking me a pointless question. Like, yeah. we, we, we literally, this has happened. It, we've lost the task. Yeah. I just, and I remember that week, I just gave them nothing they wanted. <laughs> they wanted me to go down a route. And I was like, no, I'm not having it because I've just I was I was was pretty furious that week to be honest so what's the most fun and memorable kind of moment you reckon um so the most fun and memorable moment um I mean the most memorable moment for me was um 
So we had week seven. There was a task which was, um, it was filming a car advert. And we had, so you, obviously you get the dossier, the rule book, yeah. and you get given five locations that you can go to. Uh, so we wanted to originally go to this like new house and estate, okay. but unfortunately we didn't get it. The other team picked it just before us, right. so you can only, only one team can go there. Yeah. So we had to go with option two. And Elizabeth, who was on my year, said to me, "Oh, there's a little kind of village here. It looks quite quaint." I was like, "All right, perfect. So, you know, it looks like a nice little village." We picked that, but it, it wasn't a village. It was a medieval like Saxon <laughs> village that they had just done for like, you know, you just go there to, it's like one they built just so people can go there to experience it. But it was about the, you know, the size of, you know, this office outside and we had to drive a car advert around it and there was chickens running all over the place. There was like, at one point they positioned me to do an interview and there was, there was like a guy being hung behind me. Oh, no. <laughs> and I think that was like, that was, it was brilliant to be fair. Because I never knew at the time. But then when I saw it, watched it back, it was me getting interviewed and it was a sinking task from the moment. We, we realised where we were. Um, but that was a quite a memorable moment. Then the best moment was the week after. So I was project manager that week. And then the next, and I, I managed to obviously get through the boardroom. Yeah. And then the next week uh, was a dog task. And... I put myself as project manager again because I thought I've just got this is my task. I shouldn't have gone the week before, really. Yeah. Advertising that nah, it's not really my you know cup of tea. Week after it was dog task. Like right, I've got three dogs. That's my cup of tea. So I went there and we we smashed that one. Then it was week eight and obviously after week ten you're at the interview. So I thought I've had it come through strong right at the end. So yeah. Was there ever a time when you thought about quitting and? Um, if you did, what did you do to overcome it? Uh, I never thought about quitting. Um, I, there was a couple of times where I thought I was going to get fired. Well, I was kind of thinking like, I didn't think I was going to get fired, but I was very close. It was like one of those ones, his finger was, you know, hanging around somewhere. And I was like, hiding, <laughs> little duck there. Um, so that's probably his closest. And the, the closest that was, was that week after the, the car advert. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I managed to just escape that one. So, but no, I didn't didn't quit. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Well, it is amazing because you won. So yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the main thing. Um, yeah. So, what would you say you kind of you learnt the most from this experience? Um, the things I learnt the most. Uh, what was your takeaway? Obviously, yeah. other than winning. <laughs> That's a good question, that one. What was my takeaway? I feel like I had loads of takeaways. I mean, I met some incredible people in there um, from all different backgrounds uh, who were somewhere incredibly successful. Even if they're made to look like Wally's on TV, some of them had amazing businesses and have gone on to continue to have amazing businesses. Um, what was my biggest takeaway? I just... There was just so many. I'm thinking of just like one. Um, I think always never shy away was a big one yeah. because um, the people that kind of tried to kind of go under the radar for a bit, they're never going under the radar. Like mm -hmm. they see everything. So yeah. I think like it kind of promoted me to think always put yourself outside your comfort zone as well because there was a few tasks there that I wasn't kind of quite used to. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of like a baptism of fire. I had to get stuck straight into that. So I think, yeah, there are probably some big ones like, you know, and, and just never doubt yourself, actually. You know, always be confident. Because when you go in there, you're thinking, you're here with 20 other people. Like, what are these people? What background? They all seem really successful, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Just never doubt yourself. Because, you know, if, you've, um, if you're confident in yourself, I feel like you'll always be successful. 100%. I definitely think it comes through, especially when you're, you know, you're going into a situation where you're competing with loads of other people. You have to back yourself in that situation. Of course. Of course. You've got no other option. Um, and, and obviously after winning, what's it been like for you? Because obviously it's just gone now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so after winning, um, obviously for the first three years, I was with Lord Sugar. So we were business partners a year ago or a year and a half ago now. Um, we acquired back his shares of the business. Um, so the first three years was a real learning experience. <clears throat> We'd never run a business. We were, so me and my, what I say, my directors, my business partners now, yeah. um, we'd just been very successful recruiters. So the difference is we work for big companies and we're basically the front office, the sales side of things. Yeah. Actually setting a business and 
seeing how everything connects is quite a difficult thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I always give this sort of analogy that, you know, we were a small business. So one day I was out meeting clients doing big deals. The next day I was like Costco buying toilet roll <laughs> and whatever else the office needs. We've all been there, James. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you know, and people don't realise that is, you know, that's just what you have to do. And I think the other thing as well was, especially at the start, everyone automatically assumes that you're a millionaire. Like you win the preventers, you're a millionaire, like straight, literally straight away. And I, honestly, I was very successful before I went on to The Apprentice and I was earning a lot of money. And when I won The Apprentice, I never had so little money because you're taking, you know, pennies out of the business really just to keep yourself afloat. Yeah. And, you know, you're trying to actually, you know, cut out a business. And I spent a lot of time wasting with clients that were just wanting to speak to us because of the association with Lord Sugar. And it was just terrible business. So for the first year, 18 months, it took us that point to find out who our core clients were really, and who were gonna be, you know, clients that we continue to work with. Um, After that point, you know, we got to, obviously then we hit COVID and we just decided that it was the right time um, to separate. I had some key people that had been with me since day one and I'd always promised them uh, an opportunity to buy into the business. And while we were kind of 50-50, there was no opportunity to buy into the business. No. So as soon as they left, we made some uh, 25% of the business available to the two directors that had been there since day one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <clears throat> for the year after that, business boomed, nice. um, which was good yeah. <laughs> um, didn't see that one coming <laughs> and uh, yep so we had a really good year which is great uh, hired a, you know we had a difficult time as well I remember at one point where we had my whole business was the wrong staff and this was early on I looked it around I said we've just got the wrong staff here um, not because they were bad people just the wrong staff for us mm-hmm. so we literally came in one day and uh, we were like we literally got rid of 70% of the staff, which was quite a difficult thing because yeah. we we're like, oh, back down to five people now. Um, and then over the course of the last 18 months, two years, we've re- rebuilt that back up. And, you know, we're back up to in the recruitment now, uh, like 20 people. Um, and then since then, we've also set up another business now as well. So we set up a tax business, helping people that travel for work, claim back taxes from HMRC. That's we amazing. set that up in August. We've got 18 staff in that. Wow. Um, in January, we've done 100,000 net profit in that. Considering that business was set up in August, you know, we've flown with that one. Yeah. Um, and then I've also got a skincare clinic now, which I was never into skincare, but, you know, I've got a skincare clinic in Harborn. Um, so we do aesthetics in there. So it's, I feel like I stayed with Lord Sugar for three years. It kept me grounded. I learned a lot. I learned what not to do, made some mistakes. Mm-hmm. I had him to kind of help me through them. I had the investment to help me through them. Um, and then after that, I was just ready because I feel like one of the things that, and, and you can see why, because an investor probably would, uh, Lord Sugar would put 250 grand in and he wants you to work almost exclusively in your own business, mm-hmm. which does make sense, right? His money's tied into there. Whereas I am an ideas person and I like multiple businesses and that's shown, you know, I've gone and set up a business only last year in August. Yeah. And, you know, as I said, 18 staff, we, as we claimed back 450 grand from HMRC last month, which was... Well done. Yeah, That's amazing. Yeah, HMRC don't like us, but <laughs> everyone else does. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's just, uh, it run its course. Um, I feel so happy these days. You know, everyone in my company's happy. You know, our attrition is like, our attrition is zero. Like, we, you know, no... You know, honestly, in the last year, we haven't had people leave. Like, no one's left. But who would when they're doing... When people are doing well, there's a good culture in the office. Absolutely. People are having success stories. It's just, yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. So touching on culture for a second. So yeah. how do you instill a great culture in a business? Well, it's got to be top down, hasn't it? Like, you have to be. It's your ethos. And I think because me and then Jim, my other director, my other director, Matt, we are, like essentially we're brothers right went to university together we've been through everything together the highs the lows like honestly like lows yeah (laughs) Um, you know at points where we had a recruitment business we're thinking this ain't gonna work (laughs) like we're you know we're we're sort of touching on to like burning out here Mm -hmm. um 
So we've got such a great relationship together. Whenever we people join what we call the family uh, and all of the businesses kind of um, all know each other, everyone works very closely together, it's everyone's friends. We're very approachable. We do a lot of social things together. We give people the freedom, the flexibility. We're everyone, give an example, when people do well and you know we've got all got team WhatsApp groups, everyone is there saying, yes, come on about everyone else. There's no kind of like bitter rivalry. And with sales, you know, we yeah. want a little bit of that kind of banter, but it's all like with a good team spirit in. Great. And I think, oh, you know, if someone come into our office and seen the culture, it is fantastic. Like we've got a great culture in there. That's amazing. But we didn't at the start. You know, we've gone through times where I said where the culture just was wrong. Mm. It just, it just something just didn't quite sit right. And we had to take a long, hard look, take it back, rebuild it. And, you know, for once we've actually got a brilliant culture. That's impressive. That's it. Yeah. And massive respect to you because you've clearly noticed that and done something about it and gone and fixed yeah. that. Um, and yeah. even at the risk of, you know, you've had to scale all, all the, way the way back. back. To, to do it again but I think also that comes from a basis where I think you've scaled yourself from if we go back to the beginning of this where we were talking about you know your background and you've you've started from zero and you've worked your way up you've had you've been you've been through a stage where you've had nothing and then you've had amazing results yeah and I think for you I mean just from what I'm understanding there's no fear there in terms of you know what it's like to have nothing. Yeah. You know what it's like to have everything. There's no fear. And you're like, well, if it means I've got to go back to square one to get yeah. it right, then yeah. I'm going to do it. And yeah. I love that drive. That's amazing. There's literally no fear and no fear at all. I mean, and, and the other thing is, I think sometimes when people are maybe not cut out to work a lot or own their own business, a lot of the time it's panic that, oh, if it doesn't work, then I'll have to go and get a job again. And do you know what? It never even crossed my mind. I've never worked for someone ever again. I think once you know what skills you have, and if you've got skills, like, I started businesses and stuff, and I like tax business. I know nothing about tax. I just saw an opportunity. I literally know nothing. Well, I know, well, I don't know, like, I know a little bit, like, into, I know a lot now, but <laughs> yeah. at the time, I know the basics about tax, right? Like, yeah. you know, employment tax, business tax, you uh, all this kind of stuff um, but I knew nothing really about claiming back travel tax from HMRC and how that works and I just basically um, went out and found out how to do it hired a team put some people in place that knew how to do it and then built it out from there and then now we've got a team here of sales we've got a team in India that basically do a lot of the legwork speaking to HMRC going through statements all that kind of stuff yeah. and it's you know it's flourishing and it's going to continue to grow this year and now we're looking at how as um so we're, we're moving into the tech space with it. So we're creating it into an app. So we'll be kind of like FinTech. So it'll be very simple uh, for people to use um, to basically file their tax returns. It'll be like a one-stop shop. And how we want, we want to create a brand that's basically the tax brand for the individual rather than the business. Okay. Because there's a lot of uh, business, there's obviously a lot of businesses that help businesses do their tax. But there's a lot of individuals that just need to do tax, whether it's tax returns, tax reclaims, marital tax, all of this stuff. And that's what we want to be there. You know, the name's Tax Buddy because it's like a very friendly, you know, uh, open, honest, easy to use, one-stop shop to people that don't really know too much about the tax. Yeah, tax uh, for the average person. I love it. Exactly, exactly. And, we're, and you know what? It's a nice business because uh, we have genuinely, you know, we're not we're not selling something to them which is they cost them. We're selling them. We're getting them a refund basically, and we are reviews that we've had come in recently are so fantastic these are daily reviews so many and you know my uh, sales tax agents are basically ringing their customers say right your tax rebates come in and they've got people honestly crying down the phone because people got quite hardship like they've had you know, maybe kind of ex they're overdue on their credit cards and things like that and we're actually getting them a rebate that for one they did, a lot of these people didn't even know they were entitled to because uh, as you can imagine HMRC don't really make too much noise about <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. every single year in this space alone, uh, unconfirmed figure, but in the in the regions, two hundred million is kept by HMRC. It's incredible. So you know, yeah. if you don't, so you basically claim the last four years. If the four year lapses, you can't get it. I think also what you're what you're providing to society as a whole is an education. Yeah, as well. Yeah, because 
it's massively lacked, let's face it, yeah. in the current educational system. You come out of school not knowing anything about tax. Nothing. Do so, you know what? When I was come out of school, uh, no, when I, so basically when I come out of university, I was probably in about, so I had a student loan, which was, I don't know, maybe 25, 30,000 pounds. But I was also in about 15,000 pounds worth of debt within credit cards and overdrafts. And I tell you why. The school system teaches you absolutely nothing about getting yourself into debt and how to manage it. I completely nothing. empathize. And the, bank, the banks will give you credit line when you're 18, when yeah. you've got nothing, you've got, you've got no reason to have credit line, but they'll give it to you. And you, this is a huge contributor to mental health as well, because we're not educated earlier on. We get ourselves into some trouble, then you've got your creditors chasing you for their money. You can't afford to pay it with your bills on top of that. And it's like, it's a kind of vicious circle. So I actually wanted to be a teacher, but not a teacher of kind of your standard education, English, math, science. I wanted to be a teacher, which was kind of like what you call a kind of life teacher. Mm -hmm. and, and it's something I still want to do. Like go back into schools and actually talk to them about relevant things. How do you write a Because the other thing is, most people at school, the majority, aren't the academic type that's going to go to university. They're going to go and do other stuff. So at least teach them some core skills that's relevant for what they're going to do, whether Absolutely. it's trades or whether it's how to manage just writing a CV, how to go and get a job, how to... They do some small elements in some schools, but it's so minor. They need to, you know, they probably need to be a look at the school and think, okay, these kids could really benefit from this kind of thing, put them forward for it. Uh, and it's something I'm really passionate about, and I, and I will I will get into doing more of that kind of thing. You should do your own podcast. I should do my own podcast. That's what you should do. <laughs> We're talking. Get it on, get it got, on YouTube. We've got, we just moved into a new office actually, and um, <laughs> we've we've created our own. Uh, we've got like a sort of mezzanine section, mezzanine section at the top, and we've created it into like a podcast studio where we can do filming and things like that. But it's it's just in the process of being. So we'll get you in there. We'll come into our one. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. See how it's uh, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but this is lovely. So, um, but that that's that that will be coming soon. That's awesome. So uh, my actual next question to you was going to be future plans, but you've kind of... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, future plans, I mean, we're, we've got a few other things in the process. So we, we want to get this tax business fully established. We want to get the, the app working, things like that. Um, then we are, the recruitment side of things, we're currently heavily working in the American market. Big fees, uh, no notice periods, you know, like what more do you want, really? I mean, for us, it's utopia, yeah? You know, like, so uh, we're doing a lot of work over there at the moment. And then we're also, again, looking at an, a new company, which is a payroll company. We own a recruitment business. We own a tax business. We've got people. So we'll do a payroll company. So uh, if someone's a contractor, we can payroll them. If someone's working for firms, we can do their payroll for them. And we've got that all set up. The business plan's been written. We've got the team that's going to do it. We've got all our costings down to how much it will cost per payroll. But we're just giving it a month or two months to carry on because we've, we've had quick growth with the, with the, um, the tax business. Yep. We've had a lot of new people. Um, so we just want to get that bedded in, get everything rolled out before we sort of move a little bit of focus over to that. Okay. But it all kind of goes hand in hand, that recruitment, tax, payroll, it all works. And then we'll send them all for their skincare at the clinic. <laughs> <laughs> As an added benefit yeah. scheme. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. That's on our staff benefits now, though, you know, skincare treatment. So <laughs> Why not? I'm a yeah. big fan of sympathetic businesses, yeah. actually. I think it's a really yeah. strong model. Yeah, I think so. So, um, but yeah, we've got, some, uh, we've got some good perks there. What do you think is going to be like the biggest challenges this year? Obviously, we've had so many challenges over the last couple of years, especially with COVID and all the rest of it. And you mentioned some of them as well. Yeah. Like, what do you foresee kind of being probably one of the biggest challenges for, the, for well, this year? Well, I mean, we're seeing it at the moment. The biggest challenge for the average person is, you know, we've, we've seen the, I mean, it's all over the news at the moment. It's like the, the prices of oil and uh, um, your gas, your electricity has gone through the roof. And then I think Rishi Sunak was given a, I think it was like a, was it 200 pound extra or something? But people were like a grand worse off or two grand worse off. Yeah. I think for the average person, that is going to have a big effect because most people, their money disappears every single month and they don't have an extra 100, 150 pound a month to kind of focus on that stuff. Uh, and then increase taxes as well to claw back some of the expenditure through COVID. Um, so yeah, I feel like we're in for a difficult period, to be honest. I think that we really are. If it's going to be 
very difficult for some people. Um, some businesses will struggle as well. Um, so if, I mean, I've just got to be fortunate that we, we kind of, we're in a good position and, you know, but we've worked hard for that, but there is a lot of people that, you know, you need to bear in mind that they are going to be struggling. So, yeah. Mm. And for those viewers and listeners at home that are potentially thinking about, um, starting their own business, yeah. um, kind of, and obviously knowing all these challenges, what advice would you give to them? My advice would always be go and do it, 100%. And I'll tell you why. I mean, even with all these challenges, you've seen businesses that started in the 2008 crash that are absolutely thrived, right? They've like it, it, You've just got to look at the situation that you're in and think, is that business going to thrive at the moment? And if it is, and you can see an opportunity, you can see a niche, you're passionate about it. And I always said that someone, people ask me a lot of time, like, when should I start a business? And I'm always, you know, my background was I learned my industry and then I started a business in my industry. Yeah. So I classed myself as like an expert in what I went to start. Yeah. And I think that it doesn't always work in that way. Um, some people get quite lucky with things as well, fall into it. But with me and with other people, you're kind of always set for a better chance if you know the, your industry that you're going into, you're already connected, you know what you're going to be selling, you know what your product is. I think that's always a good basis to start with. So if anyone's in a, in a job at the moment, they think, right, I could do this job. Yeah. Um, I know that I could carve out a niche doing this. Go and try it. I mean, you're already doing it at the moment and you're, you know, you're already earning your current company money. So I say that now, I've got all my salespeople are going to be literally <laughs> gone tomorrow, aren't they? Uh, but it's true. I mean, I've had people that work for my recruitment business, good recruiters, passionate about starting their own business. And rather than, you know, cast them out and be like, you know, you're gone, I helped them start their own business. Because it swings in roundabouts and Absolutely. you've got, you know, there's plenty out there. There's plenty out. And I'd rather say to someone like, look, you know, I'm going to help you start your business. These are our clients, obviously, but we'll help you go and start your own business. Plenty out there. Well, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong. Abundance uh, who am mindset. I to stop someone who's entrepreneurial? That's what happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. Abundance mindset. I love it. That's, that's yeah, 100%. It's really important. And it's the same thing that we do as well is we work on people's plans, goals. We want to know what they want to do in the next few years. Yeah. Because ultimately, it might be that we don't have an opportunity left for them in a yeah. couple of years. Yeah. And actually, if we're open and honest about that conversation and we can say, you know, in three years' time, this is what you want to do, well, we can work on their plan so that they can get to that stage yeah. and then kind of free them and let them go off and do it. It's, yeah. Like you say, abundance is there. And, and the thing is, they would have done so much good work for you over them few years as well. I mean, like, you know, you're always probably at some point, I mean, you have your life as it will stay there for a long, long time, but people are going to move. I'm working in recruitment. People move every three, four years. But if people are there for three, four years and do a fantastic job for you and all that, then they're brilliant. Do you know what I mean? You're sad to see them leave. But, you know, I've, I've worked for companies before where you could be there for five years or 10 years, and the moment you say you're leaving, they hate you. You're like an outcast. Doors are closed. That, yeah, that's, that's it, yeah. an awful way to do business. Awful. I spoke to a few guys I used to work with that have been in my previous company for 10 years. And then they said they were leaving and they didn't even get, after 10 years, and I'm talking, they've earned them millions of pounds after 10 years and they didn't even get as much as a thank you. It's a disgrace. Insane. <laughs> like, um, so there's, that's why I was very keen that if that ever happened to me and people showed motivation to go and do other things, yeah. who am I to hold them back? 100%. Yeah, if I can create them, if, if they're just leaving because they're unhappy with something, I'll try my best to rectify that, provide an opportunity. But if they're genuinely leaving to go and do something that they're really passionate about and I can't provide that, then yeah, go and do it. That's amazing and very inspirational. So thank you for that. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask is I wanted to, we touched on education and I kind of wanted to uh, go back to that because I wanted to find out your thoughts on the educational system currently. Do you feel like it's letting down? Um, I think it's awful. Yeah. I think it's awful. I think the education system today and has been for a while is aimed basically at academics, people that are they're, they're teaching kids to go on to do college, university, which is great for the people that want to do that yeah. and are in that position to do it. But a lot of people aren't academic. They might be very good with skills, trades, like, you know, going into something else. And the school system just don't put, like, you've got people, like, they, they lose interest in school and they end up going out on their social side and being a naughty person, right? Yeah. Because the school isn't keeping them interested. They're not finding out, okay, what's this person? And it's just, it's like, a school's like a one-fits-all. And, you know, for some people that's all right. It didn't do me, it didn't do me bad. Um, but I know, know a lot of people that 
have luckily pulled their life back on track, but from the years of 16 to 22 was off the rails. And that's just because they didn't, the school never ever prepared them to go and do what they were wanted to do or capable of doing. Yeah. Now I've seen them, they've come back and they're running businesses in whether it's construction, building, plumbing, whatever else it is. And they're, they're very successful. But the school system just literally, it's all about getting their marks for Ofsted. Like, okay, what grants are they getting this year because they're, you know, a high school? It's just... Oh. What do you yeah. think needs to change to kind of... Well, the, I mean, I also think things like some of the things that you're taught, it's just irrelevant. I mean, you know, Absolutely. let's bring in a, let's bring in and make it instilled from a young age how to operate in life. <laughs> like, <laughs> like how to get credit cards, bank cards, mortgages, how to prepare yourself for that. How, I don't understand how that's not the most important thing. Yeah, yeah, we need to read and write, but and you know, let's do some maths in there as well. But then after that, I mean, there's plenty of subjects I'd say scrap and yeah. then bring in one of those, <laughs> put some budget for that aside. And I'll get people here who think like there'll be a lot of people that agree with this, and then you get some people who think like no, and and that's fair enough. But it does need to be reformed. Um, it's a old system, and like some people as well, like they would be in much more um, better in an applied situation than writing yeah. things down. So we teach people to remember stuff from a book and write it down. But what does that actually, what does that mean? Like, that doesn't mean they're any better than any, anyone else. Some of, the, some of the most successful people, I mean, in fact, the most successful people I know didn't go through that school system or didn't get good grades. There were people that were just very good at doing stuff, getting stuff done, business-minded. Yeah. Not good at, like, you know, writing down from a science book around, you know, chemistry or biology. Um, and I just think that, you know, they need to pick up early on which way people are going to go. And do you think that that mindset is learned or are you born with that? Um, I think that it's... It's kind of a bit of both because you've, you can, you know, depends what kind of upbringing you've had as well. Because if you come from quite an academic family, whether they're lawyers, doctors, parents, you're probably going to go down that route, right? Mm. If you come from a family that's, you know, building or, you know, something more manual labor, you're more likely to probably be that kind of route as well. So I do think it's kind of that upbringing because um, you could take someone from and put one person in one family one, and the same person in another family and that person could be two different people, right, in terms of, you know, they can. I think everyone's kind of capable. Um, do you also think it's what's even more interesting now with the whole nft crypto and all the and 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 massive um kind of interest in coding and gaming that's kind of just gone through the roof and and, and i would say gen z's and younger are starting to realize they can make money without going down the traditional route do yeah. you think it's yeah. going to make schools completely redundant yeah um, well you see that we've got kids selling cartoon characters haven't you yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh they're literally retiring um yeah i mean we're in a do you know what we're in a, an era now where all of our sort of children are coming up with tech and they all know what's going on yeah. so you've got kids starting young youtube channels i mean you've got eight-year-old kids earning 30 million pound a year from youtube so it's you know whereas people wanted before to be a, a, a lawyer or a doctor people want to be youtubers my niece wants to be a youtuber like she literally does and and yeah. you know the, the amount of people that are youtubers influencers now and they are earning more than our lawyers and doctors right yeah. if you get to the top of it um so I do think it's kind of one of the things that you have to manage as well because, you know, you can't be, they can't, everyone can't be a YouTuber. No. No, because then you, I guess there'll be no one left to watch everyone's YouTube, will there? <laughs> yeah, and um, it's, not, it's not that easy as well. Yeah. Uh, like, I always thought, oh, it's got to be quite easy to do. Um, I've got uh, two of my mates that are YouTubers, um, uh, TGF, and they're absolutely smashing it. Yeah. But it's a lot of work. Yeah, of course. Content um, every day. graft is insane. Content every single day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a guy that worked for me, um, he came in. So basically, he wanted to go and be a dentist, 
But he, uh, his dad was actually a contractor for me, and his dad said he wants to be a dentist, but he needs just a little bit of a, like he hadn't had so much social side of things. So he said, do you have any sort of just like trainee recruitment jobs going? So we brought him in for a year. He worked with us, speaking to candidates, really come out of his shell, then went to dentistry school. But while he's been there, he's built up um, an Instagram following. So in, in a space of eight months, he's gone from zero to 250,000 followers on Instagram. His content's huge. Uh, so he does dentistry stuff, fitness and healthy foods. But he's also, his whole body's transformed. He's yeah. in great shape. And I think it's like someone like that, that's amazing. Like you kind of, the kind of content that you've created and it's hard work. He's creating content every single day. Like, you know, to be that, to dentistry school. So, you know, it's only the people that are most committed to that and probably quite creative will be the people that will succeed in that industry. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, you've seen the guy as well. Um, you must have seen him. The KB Lane, have you seen him? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah this one, right? <laughs> He's never said a word. The guy's got, what, 150 million TikTok followers, 70 million on uh, Instagram, and now he's the face of Hugo Boss. I mean, that's just like... I think wow. Gary Vee's been saying it for such a long time. He is the first person to say it. Content, 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 content. content. Yeah, yeah. We, so especially in a tax business, we do content every single day. All the staff do it because people are messaging all the time now asking, can you check mine? Can you check mine? Can you check mine? Can you yeah. check mine? And it's all about content. Like literally, if you produce content, whether it's right now or whether it's in three months' time, if that person has seen your content, continues to see your content, the first thought when that what, 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 what your service comes to mind they'll call you absolutely yeah. so sorry I was going to say just taking it back onto school for a second if you don't mind yeah. so if you um, if we could invent teleportation and you could go back and quickly give your younger self a nudge what advice would you give yourself See, this is the thing, right? I mean, if you ask me, I'd, if my own kid, right, was at school, then I would teach him all the stuff about the kind of credit cards, mortgages, life lessons and uh, lessons. But if you ask me, I kind of wouldn't teach myself it because I would worry that if I did, where would I be now and what would I be doing? Because all of those kind of lessons you know, like learning the hard way sort of shapes you who you are today. Yeah. So that's why for me personally, I'm like my life was set out and that's the way I was supposed to go with it. And I think specifically that actually motivated me for when I come out of uni, rather than going into a graduate scheme, I decided I needed to go into sales because I needed to earn a lot more money than a graduate scheme pretty quickly mm -hmm. to pay off my debt. Um, and if I didn't, I probably would have gone into a grad scheme. So I think for me, I probably wouldn't really tell myself that because I just would be concerned I'd change my career path and I don't know where I'd be. Uh, but if anyone who I know has got, I'd teach them straight away. And you, yeah. you, the other thing you mentioned as well, you talked about having no fear in business and that's really interesting. So you've got no fear in business. That's incredible. How do you then balance that with not being impulsive? Yeah. Yeah, do you know what? It's a quite... Well, I'll tell you how to balance it because I've got two other business partners that aren't like me. <laughs> so I am probably the more... I am the I am impulsive. I come up with ideas and I'm, I'll run with them. As soon as I think I've got an idea, I'll run with it pretty quickly, which is in some cases great. In other cases, too impulsive. You can make some wrong decisions. Yeah. But then I've got some, you know, like your yin and your yang. So I've got some people there that think, actually, hold on fire a second. Just look at this side of things. So I think you need to surround yourself with some good people and get people that can tell you straight. Yeah. And I'm a difficult person to tell straight, to be honest. Um, you know, not because, I, like, I feel like... Not because I'm stuck in my ways, because I will listen, but I feel like it's just... I'm, I probably am... I get very excited about certain things and then to try and sort of set me down a bit is probably a bit more difficult. But it's great that you've got yourself into a position where you've got people that you trust around you to yeah. ground you back. It's one um, of the biggest things in business, trust. I mean, people say skill, like higher skills, but trust is the biggest one for me. Coming from what I've been and done, trust every single time. I'll teach the skills, but trust I can't teach. Mm -hmm. Can't teach them to be loyal to you. I mean, there's been times where, you know, like we've stuck together so, like on some difficult times and you just can't teach them. You can't buy loyalty. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. I'm a big firm believer in you, you, uh, you hire for attitude, yeah. you don't hire for skills. No, Because I know better than anyone that you can teach skills yeah. and you've just yeah. touched on that as well. Yeah. So teach it's all about skills. the attitude. I mean, I'll give you a, a real success story. So we hired 
me and the, the two directors was in the casino about um, seven, eight months, seven months ago. And uh, it was about 11 o'clock at night. And there was a little, it was a kid there. He's only, tw- he was 19 or 20 at the time. Um, I think he was 20, uh, called Sean, works with me now. And he said to me, uh, come up to us. And he said, what do you three do? And he said, oh, we run a recruitment business and a tax business. Can I work with you? And we were like, well, what do you do? He said, I work on a building site, but I don't want to do it. I'm, I'm better than this. I know that I've just, I've just kind of been dealt a bit of a hard card. Uh, I'm a, a proper grafter. I've done this for four years since I was 16, but I just want to get out of it. And I said to him, take my number, give me a call tomorrow. So he called me in the morning and he goes, can I come down and see you? I said, when do you want to come? He said, I'll come now. And it was his birthday as well. Bear in mind, it was literally his 21st birthday. So he come down to my office that day and he said to me, he goes, like, look, uh, he was, he had no skills for it. Literally, he had no, I'm not going to lie, he had no skills for it. He was, he was unpolished, right? Yeah. You know, he was a bit like, you know, effing this and that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I saw someone, he had had a really hard upbringing, yeah, but it didn't stop him. You know, he was a grafter. And I said to him, we can probably, we have to, we'll give him a shot. I think we can shape him. Now, fast forward um, six months or seven months. So he is up for Apprentice of the Year tomorrow. Um, and in January, uh, he's my top performer as well. I took it that he's, I'm taking him to Purnell's on Friday. And on, in, uh, in January, he generated 50,000 pounds worth of revenue or gross, gross profit margin to our business. In February, he'll do the same, if not more. I mean, and the kids, and, and now he's earning 50, 60 grand a year. He's only 21. That's you amazing. Know, so, and in, in such a short space of time as well. Yeah. So, yeah, you can, uh, attitude's the main thing. Mm-hmm. He's attitude, done well. Yeah, he's he, done really oh, no, well. honestly, he's, he's, a, he's just a joy to work with. He's a proper real pleasure. And he's just so motivated, so driven. He's just, you know, clients love him. He's getting so many referrals, which is the best way to, to be. Just constantly, his phone's ringing, ringing, ringing. But that's more, it's just because he's so positive and also good at what he does now. Yeah. But that's a real success story. I mean, in my whole time in business, and in, in, in even in employment where I was a manager before, in, in six months, that's my biggest success story. My biggest success story, like taking someone from nothing, no, not that industry at all, and then seeing how successful that person's become. I mean, that's... Well, I, I always said before I was in it for money, the business, but as you start to have money and a business, you're in it more for all the other stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, the money just comes, right? It just yeah. comes in. But all those like success stories, or when he comes to me and says like, look, I've just done this, or and my other team member comes to me and says, look, look what I've just been able to buy or look what I'm doing. That, that's the great things, right? That really is the great things. And do you think anyone can do that? Um, as in anyone can take that change story? And go from one thing to another. Well, as in the individual, so yes, him, yeah. yeah um, uh, do you know what? I've, I've seen so many people and I'm going to say no. And the reason I'm going to say no is because so many people stuck in their ways and like just feel like the world's against them. They're, I tell you what, our graduates, they used to, I, I personally, I'm not saying I avoid graduates, but I prefer to hire non-graduates. And the reason being, graduates just think they're owed something. Mm-hmm. Think, oh, I've got a degree. I should be in earning 30, 40 grand a year, nine till five. Like, like get lost. <laughs> like, yeah. that's not what I was doing. I was a graduate. I was grafting my ass off. Um, and, you know, I was still earning no money at the start. Mm-hmm. And you just graft. And I feel like people these day and age just do not realise they're born. Don't realise the opportunity they've got at hand. Moaners, like, it's like what Pierce Morgan says it, doesn't he? What they call them? Um, snowflakes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, snowflake. We've got loads of those. Element of entitlement. Yeah, entitlement. Yeah. Entitlement. I, would, I didn't get anything. It's, you know, a, it's I, a generational yeah, thing. Yeah, it is. Um, but, yeah, so we, uh, when we're hiring, we try to look for all the other stuff other than that. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, so the, but I feel like you answer your question. If they change, if they change their mindset and they and, and those kind of what I would say negative traits dropped away, then probably yes, people can do it. But it's it is one of the most entitlement. So if they came with the right attitude, yeah. you're confident that you could oh, turn yeah. them into a killer. Oh yeah, if they come in with the right attitude, we will turn them into a killer. Like literally, every single person in my business is profitable. There's no like we 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 have we don't have underperformers. Everyone's profitable. And, you know, that's because we've got, we've trained them really well and we've hired the right people. Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah, and giving them the chance. Yeah, and giving them exactly. the chance. Yeah, yeah. exactly, giving them a chance. I hired a girl from Burger King, right? Literally, she didn't go to university. She was working at Burger King. We hired her. She's now like one of our biggest account managers, similar to Sean, managing a lot of clients, a lot of big tax bills. And, you know, she had no... I mean, she's a bright girl, but she was just... She had no skills yet. Yeah. Um, so we brought her in and we've taught her the skills and she's out there, you know, doing some really great things. That's amazing. So, um, so I'm going to ask you now, um, what do you like to do in your spare time when you're not... Well, do you ever have any spare time? <laughs> Find a bit. <laughs> I've just been to Dubai, haven't I? So, yeah, <laughs> a little bit. It's you know what? It's the first time actually I've been able to take a two week holiday. Honestly, I swear I'm not even joking here. But two week holiday, and I've actually felt calm. Like I felt calm because I know that things are just kind of running well. Yeah, yeah, literally, and it's been been very nice. But outside of that, um, what do I like to do? I'm very sociable. I like restaurants. You know, that's where we met. Yeah. <laughs> we did, didn't we? Yeah, Adams, yep. That's where we met. Um, like trying out new things, experiences. I've got dogs. I like getting out and about with those. Nice. Um, like just, hey, I like a football. Going to the football, you know, just pretty normal stuff, really. Favorite football um, team? Uh, Chelsea, but I also go to Villa quite a lot because nice. local. Uh, yeah. I've got a few friends that go there, so I go with them. Um, but I follow pretty much most football, most football leagues. I just overall, I'm a big football fanatic. Sweet. Yeah. What about you? I'm also a Villa fan. Yeah. So, oh, for my sins. so uh, yeah. All right, come on, let's go Villa then. It's yeah. a date. Yeah, yeah, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> then we'll get some food after. Sounds great, yeah. sounds great. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, it's, I, it's a team that I have to support because I've got a family member that plays, used to play for them, so it's Arsenal. Arsenal, So it's okay. one of those where yeah. I have to support them. When, when did they play for them? So uh, I don't really want to give too much away because I know this is going out, but... Um, I would say they went they played for Arsenal and then they went to play for a West Ham okay that's as much as I'm going to say yeah okay can I go back onto The Apprentice for a second because I feel like I've got a question that I'm dying to ask go on do you think that if you hadn't have gone through that process Mm. do you think you'd be sitting here today not necessarily chatting to us but Mm -hmm. do you think you'd be in the same sort of position yeah I do. I, I just, I kind of, I'd already left my business and in terms of the company I was employed by, I'd already set my business up. It was like infant stage, but I'd already made that move. So whether or not I went on The Apprentice or not, I was going to go out and do it. Um, and I do feel like it was after the, so basically post business partner with Lord Sugar, that's what I personally felt I flourished because I felt like the handcuffs were slightly off. Yeah. And my true personality came through. And my, when, my, when I'm at ease and happy and I feel like I'm flourishing, that's when I'll have my best successes and the company will go strength to strength. When I feel like I've got some shackles on, I'm sort of tied back, restricted, kind of answering to someone else, then it puts, it, you know, it kind of kills my mood a little bit. And I've seen that, you know, you can go through a bit of a bad patch. So I kind of... I feel like I would have done that anyway and maybe it's hard to say what it would have been like but either way that going on The Apprentice or not I was already making that move so what yeah. I'm getting from you is that it was the attitude that was right and actually it was inevitable that you were going to do something like yeah, this yeah yeah and do you know what even when I won The Apprentice as honest truth right I nearly didn't take the investment so because what happens is you win and then you're obviously going through so I won in December but then you've then got about four weeks or so where you're going through like you, you've got to agree your contracts all that kind of stuff you kind of know the deal the deal's 250 grand for 50% yeah. but I hadn't accepted anything at that point like I hadn't essentially signed anything and I've sat there and I had some real hard long hard conversations with myself and others thinking like do we want to do this or do we just want to sort of we've already won yeah. everyone thinks we've won we don't yeah. need to like and I kind of decided that you know, we went with it and again, I wouldn't change it now, but I do think back like it did restrict me and I feel like it restricted me at that point and I'm not someone who deals well with being restricted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it opened any doors as well? It did. Um, but, you know, so it did open doors from winning The Apprentice. Yeah. But that wasn't just like I could have them doors would have opened if I'd taken the investment or not because I'd won The Apprentice at that point yeah so 
Lord Sugar did try and he did give some good introductions, but some of his introductions were, let's say, out of touch with recruitment, like Richard Branson. So he emails Richard Branson, introduced me to him. Obviously, he's not really involved in recruitment. So I get a, you get a nice yeah. email back, but it's kind of like polite lip service. So you've got meetings with stuff, but not everything that he introduced you to come to something. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it did, you know. So, um, but yeah, he's, you know, he did, I have to say, like, Lord Sugar does support his businesses, right? He wants them to do well. He wants you to do well. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, you know, he wants you focused on that business. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, yeah. Have you got any other questions, Matt? Uh, I think we could talk for another two or three hours, yeah. but uh, I'm just conscious of our our, our yeah, listeners. Actually, I am as well. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I don't know how long it's been. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. That's a good sign. Yeah, exactly. It's um, a good sign, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been obviously amazing having you on the show, James. No, so, thank you. Um, hopefully, we can do this again. Yeah, It'll be awesome would, to have you on would. the show again at some point. Yeah, catch up maybe in a year or so. Or you can come on my one. Sounds good. Um, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, we all have a successful year and all the viewers. Yeah, I get the feeling you're going to, James. Yeah, fingers crossed, though. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Smashing it, mate. So that's it for all today's episode. Thanks so much for watching. And don't forget to like and subscribe. And also, you can now find us on all streaming platforms, including Apple Podcast and Spotify. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.